Welcome to Season 3 of Sacred Teachings. This season we are talking about dismantling racism. The murder of George Floyd in the United States has become a catalyst for change. Black Lives Matter is a rallying cry as people become aware every single day of the atrocities committed against black people, indigenous people, and other people of color. Racism, sad to say, is alive and well in Canada. In this episode, the Sacred Teachings producer, Lisa Berry, interviews Dixie Bird. series about dismantling racism, we need to hear from those who have experienced racism firsthand. Dixie Bird lives in Prince Albert, Saskatchewan. Dixie is a mother, an artist, an addictions counselor, an Anglican, and a Cree woman. Dixie, welcome to Sacred Teachings, and thank you for agreeing to talk about your experiences of racism. Let's start with when you were growing up. Do you remember a time when you became aware of it, aware of racism? On weekends, I went to ballet because my auntie lived in the city of Prince Albert, and she would take us to ballet, and like I was like the only, I was only the, the, the only First Nations there, and the only Cree, Cree girl there, but I think that would be one of the first times I've ever come across it because there was this one girl that just did not like me. And I didn't understand. Like, I just, it did, I didn't understand. I just knew that I wanted to try something new that wasn't happening in our reserve, that was happening in the city. And so when I went into the city, I learned how to form my body. I learned how to um, be graceful. And, and, and to do repetition. But at the same time, I had to deal with this one late, this one other girl that was in our, in our ballet um, class that would just mistreat me and like sometimes physically push me to the side and, and kind of like make herself known. And you know, I'd just be, like step aside and, and be like, okay, well, all right. And then when it got to a point where this other girl, seeing what was happening, she spoke up for me and she said, okay, that's, uh, Dixie, come here. So, so, I, so I, I was like, wow, you're actually talking to me. So I went to follow her and she goes, I know what she's doing. And I, and I still didn't understand it. Like I still didn't comprehend what racism went, was until she, realized, until she sh- showed me how I was being mistreated at that age. And so that would probably be one of the beginnings of of having to deal with racism. That's so hard to hear about a little girl going through that. Um, And and you grew up in Saskatchewan, and I'm thinking about the event in 2016 when a young Cree man named Colton Bushi was shot and killed on a farm near, near bigger Saskatchewan. And the farmer who shot him, Gerald Stanley, was later acquitted of a murder charge. For many people, this event and this verdict were a defining moment in Canada. Do do you believe that there is racism in our justice system? There is, and and obviously, um, um, obviously, 
systematic racism to rage within institutions. But when you talk about uh, the Bushy, the Bushy case, um, that was that was to read it over and hear it over again. And they actually made a, I believe they made a movie about that. But it's like um, this person was able to just like shoot someone, and then the response from, I don't know if it was from an MP or it was some prominent person that made a, made a remark about, like, a, a racist remark, as a matter of fact, and I can't recall word for word what it was, but it was to the reference that, oh, you, you got one down or you killed another, you know, and that person got removed from their position. But even that alone is like, wow. And then I think the thing that kind of like really, really kind of kind of like blew that air of blew that air of of catching your breath was when you seen the response of how this person was able to get a donation within without an insurmountable amount of money within such a long, a small, small time before, you know, his court or during his court and how that financial support was there for him. And I'm like, wow, this is so fast. This is so fast. It's like, makes you want, and like for me, I sat back and I was like, makes you wonder like how many, how many other people are like that out there that we don't know that wear this, this, this mask and deep down behind that mask, you have that all that hatred, and you know, I just you just need to be dead. <laughs> you know, you I know I wonder about that. It must be scary sometimes for you as a mom of a of a young man. Your son spends time in Prince Albert in the city as well as back on the reserve in Montreal Lake. How does this help? Transitioning from the city to the reserve. Has really grounded him, and he's been able to like be with the land and being able to um, naturally be himself. But I don't know. He just likes it. He he says it's more. He's more free. He's more free to do things, and he's more like if you put him in a room in a in an institution with education, and you have to read and write and sit and. And, and think and, and try to get the best answer, that's not, that wouldn't be his strength. It'd be more like if you took him out, like, because we have this thing, it's called the Molinosa Days, and we, it's a cultural event that's for about a week. You take him out, and then they just basically take out their tent and then cut the wood and make the fire and just do all of the, 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 the hard labor kind of thing. He would excel in that. It's like it, it took him two years to like get all of the things that are required for him to, to camp for a week. And he'd be like, okay, just leave me. Okay, you can just leave me now. You don't have to come check up on me. And I was like, okay. Having to go through what he went through, you know, when we first went to the city of Prince Albert, I think he was about nine or nine years old. And he, um, I put him into martial arts. He was like probably a half a half yellow or yellow belt and fortunately for him both myself and his dad are both black belts and so 
he kind of has like that fighting blood in him, that warrior blood. And anyways, there was a time where he was at recess and he went outside and unfortunately there was this guy that was in a vehicle and he watched my son get attacked by two boys and, and this guy was a white man and my son got attacked by these two boys and they set him up to go further away from the view of the, the teacher that had to do um, that had to be out there with them and he what he did was uh, oh the, the kid pushed him and he he realized then like okay I'm in danger and and I asked him what'd you do and he goes well I let him push me and then he tried to hit me but I blocked it and I punched him and then he went down and the other one was ready to come after me from behind and I turned around and I, and I got into my stance and then he got scared because he realized that I had some skill. And, and then I go, thank you. Thank you for defending yourself. I said, because that was, that was a setup, you know that. And she goes, he goes, mom, there was even a man, an adult that was in a vehicle, and he was a white man, and he was just watching us. And I go, he didn't get out and try to stop. And he goes, no. I was like, oh, I'm really proud of you. And I go, did you get in trouble from the principal or teacher? No, because it was out of sight. Like, they didn't see. They couldn't see. It's like, oh, so it was set up. He's like, yes. So that was his first interaction, of his first year of coming from the reserve into the city of Prince Albert. Yeah. And, you know, it's really different. Like, when you grow up in the reserve, you go through your own thing. You have to basically survive of whatever comes at you. So with his experience already, he was able to like defend himself when, when we're in the city of Prince Albert at, at that moment. Yeah. Dixie, how do you cope with the, the hurt of this and the extra stress that racism must bring to your life? It seems like there's enough stress. Yes, we have to deal with this, but how we take it on is what matters. And so that's just from my personal, my personal um, view and my personal story. But back at home, you know, some racism can really take its toll on, on you as an individual on how you take it and how you perceive it. Um, for example, on paydays you'll see the homeless or the the people that are, uh, what's that called, panhandlers. And you can, for me, I can feel what other people, what, what the society at, at that moment feel, and I can feel what they think. And when they think, oh, just another Indian, just bumming for money, blah, blah, blah. And I'm thinking, I remember having that ugly feeling like that's, that, that's starting to sink into me of having that kind of mentality. And I have to kind of like shake it off and say, Dixie, smart not. That's not you. That, that person probably can contribute and offer it more than what they're asking of you from their personal life and what they go through on a day-to-day -day basis with all the put-downs and all of the hurt and, and all of the shame. Because it's, it's like, it's like, Take yourself away from that thought right now. 
because that's not right. So I don't know if that helps. <laughs> that helps us all. Thank you, Dixie. Thank you, Dixie, for your witness. Many Indigenous people and people of color have had similar experiences. And what's sad is these experiences continue in our lives today. Racism hurts. It is a trauma that impacts our essence of being. It breaks our spirit, makes us feel less than what the Creator intended. We believe that the Creator made everything and everything has purpose for living a good life. The Creator has blessed us with resilience, a strength that comes from our ancestors who suffered blatant racist acts. Oppressive racism did not kill us, did not make us go away. However, it has left wounds and scars. Unfortunately, some resort to self-abusive behavior to cope with the pain of racism. For others, racism rolls off their backs. They get used to it and let it be. But it makes us feel less than what we are. In the words of Dixie, it is how we take it that matters. In my younger life, I did not know what it was. We were always taught to respect other people, no matter who they were or where they came from. Looking back, I can now see that this respect was not returned. Respect is one of seven traditional teachings. To honor all of creation is to know respect. Other teachings that can help us reclaim our humanity are honesty. To walk through life with integrity is to know honesty. Bravery. To face life with courage is to know bravery. Love. To know love is to know peace. Wisdom. To cherish knowledge is to know wisdom. Truth. To know of these things is to know truth. Humility. To accept yourself as a sacred part of creation is to know humility. If we can live with these teaching in our hearts and minds, we can take a step to dismantle racism that lives in our lives, our institutions, and other systems. And I want to paraphrase a quote from Neil Armstrong when he landed on the moon. One small step for one person, one giant step for our humanity. Let it begin with you. Thank you for listening to Season 3 of Sacred Teachings. Get new episodes every Monday on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Mimeo, and Podbean. Follow us on Instagram at Canadian Anglican and check out our previous episodes on all platforms. Subscribe to the show so you don't miss out. And please spread the word. See you next time.